Islands football. It's San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to all my people out there, all the faithful. Shout out to y'all, 49ers. Back-to-back wins. They're looking good. I'm feeling good. And you know what else is feeling good? My balls is feeling good because guess who partnered with Manscaped? That's right. That's right. The official sponsor of the San Francisco 49ers morning show. Some of you guys guessed it. Y'all was like, it's Manscaped. Don't give me Listen, like like Manscaped says, man, their, their, their whole slogan is, your balls will thank you. So, hey, I see the ladies in here. Y'all looking for, you know, a nice little gift for your for the husband. You know what I'm saying? Y'all looking for a gift for the husband for the holidays? Hey, promo code Crocky, promo code Crocky. All right, we're going to get into all that and more. Shout out to Manscaped. They sent the nice shirt. They sent all the, you know, everything I need to make sure I'm feeling good down there. Make sure the wife is, you know what I'm saying, pleasing everything. You know, y'all don't want to be walking around looking all crazy. But... Forget all that, man. San Francisco 49ers morning show. The 49ers won. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm turned up. That's two straight wins. All right. We're getting into it. We're getting into all that stuff. Uh, make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe button. Locked on 49ers. Make sure you guys listen to that. Myself, Brian Peacock. We are now on YouTube. So you guys get this and you guys get a more structured show with myself and Brian Peacock on the YouTube channel. So make sure you guys subscribe to that. You should be able to click the link in the description and subscribe to that channel. I think, shoot, it might be up to 200 people by now. There were a lot of people, a lot of y'all that ended up uh, subscribing to YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, man, appreciate everybody that's in here, man. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. As you guys can see, I'm just excited. I'm just excited. All right, so, but let's get into it, man. And obviously today is is uh, QB Monday. So Greg Pinelli will be joining us in a little bit, in about 35 minutes or so. Before we get to Greg Pinelli, obviously I'll get to y'all and uh, whatever it is that you guys want to talk about. I'll put the link in the chat. All right. Manscaped, man. Go to Manscaped right now. Manscaped.com. Go get the, you know what I'm saying? They got the lawnmower 4.0. Promo code Crocky. One of my homeboys went and got it and it was supposed to cost like 80 something dollars. My promo code knocked off like 20 bucks, man. So make sure you guys go use that promo code. A couple of my buddies have. Good question right off the bat from our guy, Scott. Do you think Kyle should have played Lance in the fourth quarter? Uh, There's a couple things there. One, like, obviously, like, yeah, you would like to see Trey Lance in there, but I just don't think it was the time. I don't think it was the time to bring Trey Lance in there. I was thinking one of the last two possessions they would have got him in there, so I thought there was one where the 49ers, they had the ball, they ended up punting, and then they got the muff fumble. That drive, I would have liked to see Trey Lance coming in that drive, but, you know, just the fact that he kind of got in there at the end, was able to make, you know, play with his legs, get a first down, you know, just things like that. It's going to continue to kind of build that confidence in him and what he's seeing. So I have no issues with how it went. Uh, I think that was awesome. Just getting him on the field as well as a lot of the other rookies. But 49ers back-to-back wins. And I want to talk about really what I think has been the biggest factor in the 49ers winning. And there are a lot of people that are saying, oh, the 49ers, they found their identity. They're running the ball. And they are. I mean, they ran the ball 86 times over the last two weeks. 86 times. Now, a few of those, I think, are kneel downs. But we'll just say, take out the kneel downs, probably about 
80 times. All right. So over the last couple of weeks, they ran the ball about 80 times. And with everybody saying that's the 49ers identity, I do think ideally that's what they want to be. That's what they want to get to, right? They want to get to really just being able to pound the rock like that. It's probably not going to be ideal all the time, but I will tell you one thing that I think has really been the key contributor to the 49ers and the success over the last two weeks. One, they've been much better with penalties. Against the Jaguars, they have one penalty for 12 yards, right? So they're not shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Two, they're not turning the ball over. Zero turnovers in the last two weeks. Three, they're not, they're taking the wet ball away, all right? Four takeaways over the last two weeks. So we can point to a lot of different things, you know, oh, 49ers, they've been able to run the ball, like that's the team. But really what it comes down to is they've been much, they've been much more disciplined. They're, they're not committing penalties. Again, yesterday, one penalty, 12 yards. They're taking the ball away and they're not turning the ball over. That's why the 49ers are winning. Because if you look at games that they've lost early on, that was the big reason why. You know what I'm saying? That was the big reason why. Like, just shooting themselves in the foot, turning the ball over. You know, I just saw a stat that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been the most efficient quarterback over the last four weeks since the Chicago game. And, you know, a big part of that is not turning the ball over. But when he does, 49ers have lost. Matter of fact, I was listening to Haberman in middle call, and they pointed this out. In every game that the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown the interception, 49ers lost that game. In the games when he hasn't thrown the interception, 49ers won that game. <laughs> Now, I don't know if it's just that simple, but it's just not contributing to whatever else is going on. Obviously, you've had some fumbles and things like that. Over the last two weeks, that's been the biggest thing. That's what has stood out to me the most. They are winning the turnover battle. I thought that the 49ers offense against Arizona was good, but they turned the ball over three times, two fumbles and then one pick at the end of the game. That That's probably the biggest difference. Now, obviously, the 49ers defense in that game played like crap. Uh, they weren't tackling well. But the offense didn't do anything to keep them in games, to keep the other team off of the field. I see another uh, comment from my guy, Rich Rich McDonald. 49ers are converting on third downs. They're doing that at a high clip. They're doing that at a high clip. They're, they're converting on third downs. You know, that was something that they struggled with early on. And I don't think it's just so much that, again, oh, they found their identity. They found their identity. Of course, I think they're getting to their identity on more of what they want to play like. But the biggest thing is not turning the ball over, not committing penalties. They've done a tremendous job of doing that over the last couple of weeks. I think that's what, and if they want to beat the Vikings and we're going to get to that, that's what they're going to have to do. Continue to not have the penalties, to not have the turnovers. And I see my guy, uh, Rich right here says uh, sustained drives and scoring TDs. If, if you're not turning the ball over, and you're not committing penalties, you will sustain drives if you're the 49ers. I think, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely a good enough quarterback to do that. Um, I like where they're headed, man. I like where they're headed. All right. Uh, another thing, uh, I guess, I don't want to say on, not like, it's not a negative note, but Kyle Shanahan, he's, he's having this battle within himself on what he wants to be, right? Am I this... Am I the aggressive guy or am I not? And it, it doesn't matter. And I tweeted this out when it happened, right? When the 49ers, they have fourth and one from like the three-yard line and they elected to uh, kick the field goal, right? After a 20-play drive. And 
I, I, I look at things. I looked at the first couple of weeks and I remember, come, you know, I didn't come on here yet. I don't think I did the morning show yet, but first couple of weeks, 49ers beat the Lions and the Eagles. And to me, it just, the games weren't like just what we've seen over the last two weeks, right? Like just like kind of dominating performances, looking really good. There was something weird going on in those games. And I'm like, if the 49ers play like this, like they're not going to win games, right? Like it just, it looks a little weird. They're not going to win games. Uh, I don't think that these two teams are the standard. And I got a lot of pushback on that. Oh, crap, they're 2-0. Stop being so negative. Stop being so negative. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not really trying to be negative. I'm just looking at it from the, the grand scheme of things, like with what the 49ers want to be, what do we want the 49ers to be? And that is a really good football team. They play good football. You know, they dominate teams. And, they, of course, you're not going to dominate every game team. I get that. But just I would like to see those moments of just pure dominance, right, even if it's a game that doesn't go exactly how you would like it to go, even if it results in a loss. But I watched this game, like, like, the, like the Packers yesterday. The Packers lost to the Vikings. I'm pretty sure there are a bunch of different areas where the Packers thought that they they – could have done better, but you you just see the competitiveness. Like, hey, we are a good team. We've done a lot of things good. This is, you know, I when I looked at the first two weeks of the 49ers, I was just like, something's not quite there. People thought I was overreacting. Then boom, 49ers lose the next four straight games, right? Next four weeks, 49ers lose all those games. And to me, it's it's not it's not always about what's right in front of you. It's not always about what's right in front of you. Sometimes it's about like that that thing, like that it that you're looking for. So yesterday, Kyle Shanahan had an opportunity to really kind of step on Jags' throats and, you know, stick it to them. You had a 20-play 20, 20, uh, 20 drive. You know, you ate up 13 minutes or whatever it was, and you ended up selling for a field goal. And he's kind of battling within himself because he said after the, um, after the game, he wanted to go for it, you know, but then he was like, ah, I'm going to – I just kicked the field goal. And I do think when you look at that against the Jags, it's not like that doesn't hurt you, right? Like that's not, you're not worried about that with them. But to me, it's just a little bit bigger than that. I look at it like I, and again, just the, the, what's the thought process? And I saw it last week and I see it again. It's this like unwillingness to be aggressive early on. I remember you guys remember the Super Bowl. I think we always look at the Super Bowl and obviously the 49ers had a chance to win at the end of the game and end up losing. But if you remember early in that game, some things that led to touchdowns for the or a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs, they went for it multiple times on fourth down early on to keep a drive going. And that was a big part of why they were even able to stay in that game. Multiple times they were aggressive. And when I look at Andy Reid, I saw it last year, Andy Reid, uh, playoff game. Patrick Mahomes had got knocked out the game. And it was like fourth and one from midfield. He could have just punted it. And I think most most teams would have. And nobody would have knocked him for that. He went for it with Chad Henney. Picked up the first down in the game. So when I look at Kyle Shanahan and his some of his decision making, not just this week, um, last week there was something in the against the Rams where he didn't call timeout. They would have had about a minute and a half to be able to drive down the field. He didn't call timeout. He ended up uh, just kind of letting the clock bleed out, and they went into halftime up. Awesome. But then later in the game, he went for it on fourth and seven from midfield. So I'm like, I think when the game is tight, he gets a little tight. 
You know, when it's like, uh, I don't know, he gets tight instead of just always having that aggressive mindset. So that that's just something to 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 keep track on. Again, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, I I love what the shoes we did uh, game balls for Locked On 49ers. I gave a game ball to both coaches, uh, Kyle Shanahan and our guy uh, D'Amico Ryan's. I think they've both done a terrific job of turning this thing around and getting their coaches, I mean, their players to be much more disciplined, whether it's with, you know, not turning the ball over or penalties. They've done an awesome job there. But also, you know, I just, it's just something to keep an eye on. Not worried about it, but just something to keep an eye on. All right. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and his, it's, it's a weird aggressiveness because I think in theory he wants to be aggressive, but sometimes he has this battle within himself. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't I don't want to say he doesn't have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. Because again, he went for it on fourth and seven from midfield last week when he didn't have to. But I don't know if it's more of a like a front runner mentality where it's like, well, we're ahead. And if we get it, then we really kill him. But if we don't, you know, and if it's tight, it's just like a uh, tight situation. Not sure if I try. I, I don't know. I really don't know what it is, but it's just something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. All right. And again, I don't look at it from the standpoint of the 49ers beating the Jaguars and it didn't matter that he didn't go for it. I just, I'm looking at the thought process behind it. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, you know, obviously uh, a masterful job by uh, Kyle Shanahan and, and really adjusting, even in the run game, utilizing Debo Samuel, not being like stuck in his ways in the sense of, oh, well, we don't have Elijah Mitchell and I'm just going to run the ball with Wilson a bunch and Trey Sermon. It's like, no, you know what? Let's get the best person on my team the ball. Let's get Debo Samuel the ball in the backfield. We're just going to use him as a running back this game. Essentially, that's what he was. He was a running back. Nine carries, what was it, 79 yards, averaged over almost 10 yards a carry, uh, had a rushing touchdown. Debo's doing big time, man. His, his usage has been interesting. And obviously, I mean, I think we were all looking forward to seeing Debo Samuel, you know, pick up that 1,000 yards, man. You know, and he's only a few yards away now. I think he's, what, six yards away from 1,000? So he should be getting that, getting that in the next game. But that's the only thing that takes a hit when you use him in the running game like that. But uh, lo love seeing that usage. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, the 49ers have been dominant the last couple weeks. Last couple weeks. So I, I want to get you guys in here to talk about it. I have some other notes, but I'll hold off because I'm pretty sure some of you guys will have questions or thoughts that will, uh, you know, really open that up for me. Again, uh, if you haven't already, download the app Underdog Fantasy. That's promo code Crocky. They're all kind of over-unders, props. We actually did it in here the other day. We didn't hit. We didn't hit on my on my parlay. Uh, LaVisca Chanel, he, he got over the 35. It was, uh, what, what do you need? We needed him to stay under 35 yards, and he got that. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, underdog. So Chanel, why am I not signed in? Oh, there we go. I can pull up live uh, results. Pick them. Looking for the one that we all did together. Here we go. All right, so uh, make sure Underdog Fantasy, if you guys want to get in on this action, feel free. Download the app or you can go to the website, underdogfantasy.com. All right, and I'm going to share my screen real quick so y'all can see what, what happened, where we went wrong. All right, boom, here we go. All right, so we took the under 
on Trevor Lawrence, hit. Boom. Good job. And you guys, you guys drove me to do that. We took the under on Jimmy Garoppolo, 176 yards. So, so that, you know, he had to get under 251, far less than that. Good. But Chenault, he got 15 more yards. We got the over on Marvin Jones. So we were good there. And then we got, and then we had the over on Kittle and he didn't even come close. So um, that's where we went wrong. If I would have hit on those things, if, if Chenault would have had less than 30 and Kittle would have had over 63, then uh, we would have made $100 and all we put in was $5. So if you want to get in on that action, uh, promo code Crocky, Underdog Fantasy. Download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com. All right. As you guys see, I announced it and I will get my ad reads together for Manscaped and exactly how they want me to do it. But this show is now uh, sponsored by Manscaped. So, you know, go get cleaned up. You know, don't be walking around looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? You know, get ready for your wife or your lady friend. Um, if you are a lady friend, this would be a great gift for the holidays for your man. Get him right, you know. And um, where my where my trimmer, you know, you know, no cuts. Look at this real quiet, too. That's the lawnmower 4.0 right there. That's the lawnmower 4.0. So go ahead, manscape. They sent me all kind of Different stuff. I got ball deodorant. Don't be walking around smelling all crazy. I'm telling you guys, Manscaped, get that right now. Your balls will thank you. And promo code Crocky, man, knocking off, knocking off money. I think it's a 20% discount. So make sure you guys go do that right now. We got Manscaped. We got Underdog Fantasy. It all helps this show stay afloat, man. So, you know, help your boy out. Here we go. <laughs> all right, here we go. We got some of our... Nearest and dearest friends coming on. Who are we going with first? All right, we're going to go with my guy, Jay. Here we go. What's good, man? Jay, can you hear me? Uh-oh. Can't hear Jay. Hold on. Jay, you there? Can't hear Jay. I don't know if it's me or if it's... Let's see. All right, here we go. We got my guy, uh, let's see, let's see, uh, Gabriel. Yo. Yo, Croc, what's good? Oh, man, I'm chilling. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm up in Santa Clara right now. Um, Levi's is pretty cool. I got to check it out. You said what? I, I got to see Levi's Stadium. Okay, so were you at the game? Or, I mean, are you going to the game this weekend? Um, No, I don't think so. Um, But I, I got to see the stadium. And they have a little um shop you can go inside of. And you can check it out. And they sell jerseys. They sell hats. It's really cool. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. So what, what do you have thoughts you been on to Levi's? The, the win? Oh, yeah, I've been several times. I've been several That's times. I might go this Sunday. I might fly out uh, to watch the 49ers versus Vikings. Who's going to let right. me stay with them, man? I don't want to pay for a hotel. Somebody let me stay with them, and I'll, I'll go to the Vikings game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but not, um, yeah, I've been to several games. But what, what, what are your thoughts on the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars? So I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to watch it, but um, our team's doing pretty good. Yeah, they are. They've been doing a good job last couple of weeks. I think the biggest thing is not shooting themselves in the foot, you know, not turning the ball over. Um, they've definitely been much better with the with the penalties. I think that's been a big part of 
uh, 49ers having success over the last couple of weeks. A lot of people are saying, hey, 49ers found their identity. I And yeah, but I think they are able to play the game they want to because of the fact that they're not having the penalties or the t- the turnovers. So I think that's a big part of it. For sure. That makes sense, Croc. Yeah, but um, I'm going to get you off, Gabriel. Hey, you're going to have to find a way. If you can't, if you can't, Watch the game. Let me know, man. I'll send you a link or I'll let you watch my uh, Sunday ticket or something if I'm not using it. But uh, there's no reason to not watch the 49ers game. All right, so I'm going to get you off. But next time, if you need help trying to find the game or a way to to watch it, uh, just let me know and I got you. All right, thanks, Croc. Have a good one. All right, you too. Here we go, my guy, Dion. What's good, Dion? What up, Crocky? What's going on, baby? Oh man, I'm chilling, chilling. How how you feeling after that win? Hey man, I feel real good, bro. I feel real good, man. And here chefing up some breakfast, you know, for myself and the yes, wife. You know how it is, you know. Yeah. I do it, do it all. Try to try to be as good a dude as it can be. But yeah, man, that's a great win. Um, the thing that I noticed about the the game was, man, they was gonna run that ball whether it was gonna work or not because. Jacksonville is a really good, has a really good run defense, man. Like they run defense is crazy. So they even held us to small uh, amounts of yardage and whatnot. But cool thing is it didn't even stop. You know what I'm saying? Um, Everything worked out perfectly. And what I noticed the last two games, Kyle went back to exactly what he did before. He's masking Jimmy's deficiencies and he's limiting his throws. 19 throws against the Rams. 22 throws against the uh, the Jags. He's saying, I'm not about to give this a chance to even be screwed up. We're going to run the ball down your throat. Earlier in the season, maybe I tried to push it with him, but honestly, to me, it just I'll, I'll stick to that. I don't know whether he trusts him or not. Joe Staley openly came out and said that he didn't, that, that Kyle didn't trust Jimmy. If Joe Staley is saying that on national television, there's got to be some truth to it, bro. Uh, the other thing is when you were talking about what Kyle did when we were in the Super Bowl, Kyle doesn't have that. I, I I did a whole video on it on my channel. Kyle doesn't have the aggressiveness in him. He needs to be more Belichick-like. Because Belichick will keep scoring on you. He'll run the ball. He'll, he'll run the score up on you. He don't care. Nick Saban, run the score up on you. He doesn't care. Kyle. I, I got to disagree that. a little bit. Because okay, explain it. G- give me, that, give me that, a good enough, g- yeah, give me a good enough argument because I, 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 that's how I feel. I don't feel he he has the aggressiveness that he truthfully needs to be able to put his foot on the throat and keep it there until somebody's face turned blue and they die. Like you got to have that in you. In the Super Bowl, you just gave the prime example. John Lynch was seen on TV. I'll give you that. John Lynch was seen on TV calling for a timeout in the booth. If your GM is calling for a timeout, that means he knows. This is a team known for coming back in the playoffs. They had come back in the playoffs twice, Croc, twice from being beat up. And you know how the Chiefs move. Pat Mahomes finds a way. So what do you do? You don't give them any kind of breathing room. I'm pushing the ball down the field to be able to at least get me a field goal at a bare minimum. He didn't do that. Okay. Okay. Here's my pushback. All right. One, just – a few years prior, we watched him in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. And the big issue that most people have with him is that he was too aggressive, right? Hey, why are you throwing the ball? Why are you doing this? And that was him trying to put his foot on their neck. Uh, one time, he dialed up the deep shot, and it was open, and 
the running back missed the block and they ended up being a sack strip fumble and they returned it to the crib, right? That helped the Patriots mm-hmm. come back. I thought there were several situations in that game, scenarios where it showed his willingness to be aggressive. I think so far what I've seen with him from the 49ers is more of a, and again, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to see it from his eyes. That's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a ca- cautious, a cautious, aggressive, like approach where yeah. it's, if, if I can, and most coaches have this, like if I can get the first down, then I'm going to, you know, try to, try to keep going. I think with some, he's kind of battling within himself with how aggressive he wants to be. And I don't know if it's a quarterback thing or if it's just his mindset, but I do think in theory, he is someone that is extremely aggressive mentally, right? Like look at the trade up for Trey Lance. Like that was an aggressive move. That was an aggressive trade, the trade to get, uh, you know, Trent Williams, uh, the, the, the trade for, you know, even Jimmy Garoppolo, like these are aggressive moves that he has been a part of. I think in his mind, he is aggressive, but there's something that he's battling with. And that, that's the thing that I have to figure out again, just a couple weeks, just to, against the Rams fourth and seven from down near midfield. He went for it on fourth and seven. And not only did we get it, we ended up scoring a touchdown. Like that was aggressive. So he has it in him. It's just, he kind of picks and chooses instead of just, I am an aggressive person. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at it like fourth and one from the three-yard line yesterday, and there was an opportunity for him to be aggressive, he decided not, not to do it, right? But then later in the game, he did do it, right? Later in the game, it was fourth and goal or whatever from the two. He was aggressive. He went for it. 49ers scored a touchdown. And... So he, he explained the, the first one. He he basically said, man, that was like a 22-play drive. Like, I didn't want to, like, dog my guys out by having them work that hard and not get points. I understood that. That that I didn't – I mean, hey, I get it. Like, 22 plays and you come up with nothing. But you still would have them on, like, the one. But, you know, it's all, it's all contingent on the pass rush, getting home, getting in safety, getting the punt, stuff like that. But, like, I understood the first one. And I, I get what you're saying. I but get what but you're this is the thing. When you talk about being aggressive – we can always understand it. We can always, you know what I'm saying? I think the guys that are just always aggressive, sometimes you don't understand why they do it, but it still works out for them. I don't understand why the the Chiefs with uh, Chad Henney on fourth and one from <laughs> midfield risk giving the ball back to the, to the Browns, right? This is a playoff game. You got Chad Henney in there. Mahomes got knocked out. I don't mm-hmm. know. Andy Reid I can't even justify it but he did it and it worked so that's my thing like we can always oh yeah 20 play drive you don't want your guys to you know feel like they got nothing out of it like oh you know well we didn't get we didn't go after Tom Brady because of this or oh we didn't go we didn't look into Mahomes and and Deshaun Watson because of this you can always justify it but my thing is like you know who who are you and I think that's the part that he's kind of struggling with. A little bit of an identity crisis, so to speak. I can dig that. Yeah. I can dig that. I can understand it's like a little bit of an identity crisis fighting within yourself. I mean, me more so. I I like I like the examples you brought, but a few of those were just in the front office. So we can't put front office and field in the same realm as far as your aggressiveness because you can go and get Trent. You can go and get Jimmy. You can go and get Trey. You could do all those things. But then when it turns and processes to the field, for me, I think the difference becomes games are on the line. These are people that you put in there to make the game 
uh, better for you and you bring them in because you want to make your team better. But like the last couple of plays to trade, those are those I would have just left Jimmy in there for that. Couple of no, handoffs. No, no. I was just it's like I he, was he's just not gaining any real week. experience on that. But what was he gaining from that? He, it was nothing. He is. Because he had the ball. Is, I was just talking about it last week. The 49ers, I'd say last week, the last 10 plays were all handoffs. And I was talking about, hey, that's an opportunity to get your guy Trey Lance in there. Why? Because early in the game, I know I was watching the Manning cast, and they talked about it. They were like, uh, Jimmy was like, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. That's him flipping yeah, that's the play, changing right? the play. Yeah, so and you see them pat their the heads. Play, getting it in the yeah. right, in the right. Uh, they were always going to run it, but it was them flipping it to the other side. Right? Yeah. And those are things that even then in the development of Trey Lance that you want to get right where it's even just seeing how this how the box is stacked live like not just in practice. How's the box stacked? Do I need to flip it to get a guy in a better uh, you know spot to be able to pick up yardage and whatnot like his decision making on on the run, you know, for the first down like all those things to me leads to good experience for him a guy who hasn't really played football in a couple years now. So, you know, I, I think I think for most people, it's like, oh, he just got in the game. He just handed the ball off. But to me, it, it all goes into the development of Trey Lance and helping him, you know, move forward. So, yeah, I, 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 I like I liked him coming in, getting those snaps, even though he's not putting the ball in the air. I, I could appreciate that, man. But, hey, either way for me, the last two weeks have been a fantastic thing. Um, you know, you watch the game and, you know, you just take the time. And to be honest with you, I, I feel like that's what it is. Mm -hmm. They ran the ball 42 times last week. They ran the ball uh, 44 times last week, 42 times this week. You know, and they're just basically walking down the field. And you, I mean, it's, I remember that to, to I liken that to what Peyton Manning did. There were lots of times that Peyton Manning could just walk the ball down the field. You know what I'm saying? When he was playing and, and uh, Tony Dungy, they would literally suck the clock up. So there was nothing left. Like just no time for you to do anything. So you get on the field, it's a waste, but hey, both, Two game winning streak. Let's keep it rolling. We got it. We we got a big test coming up against the Vikings, and they took uh, almost took the Packers to overtime, but they went ahead and got the dub. So we got to be mindful of Thielen and and Steph. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Stephon Diggs. Uh, Justin Jefferson um, and Dalvin Cook. Man, he he looking real good, and we just got to be on on our P's and Q's. But like I said, two great wins. Appreciate you know what I'm saying you doing the show, Croc. Nothing but love to you, baby. I appreciate everything, man. And I, I, I believe me. I, you know what? I've been thinking about the manscape, so I might use that promo code. Hey, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and and, and go ahead and get right. Your balls will thank you. You know what I'm saying? And your lady <laughs> will thank you. You feel me? Manscape promo code Crocky. Go get that uh, percentage off your uh your your, your purchase. Manscape right, promo Crocky. code Crocky. Nothing but love, right, baby. Man. Have a good one. All right. See ya. And my my dog Dion got Darius coming on now. Darius, how you doing, bro? Darius, you there? I'm doing fantastic, man. How you feeling this morning? Can you hear me? Oh man, I'm good. I'm hello, good. Hello, yeah, hello, hold hello. on one second. One oh. second. Hold can you hear me? On. Yeah, uh -huh. I can hear you. Hold on one second. Let me. Uh oh. Here we go. Uh, Fortnite aren't high team team despite having. The weapons are we, uh, our winning formula. Our <laughs> winning formula is uh, running the ball, ball up. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll read that again. Fortnite aren't a high octane 
team, despite having the weapons. Our winning formula is running the ball, time of possession, and playing stout defense. My pushback on this is I think most teams would tell you that their winning formula, most teams, is running the ball, time of possession, and playing stout defense. Right? Like that's ideally that's how most teams want to win games, or they hope that they can win games that way. I think just being able to consistently do that, that that's the hard part, right? And I think for the 49ers, the bigger thing is, again, having, you know, wanting to win in that manner, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. You can't uh, turn the ball over. You can't have penalties. And they tried. They fumbled. Uh, what On that first drive, they had some weird things go their way. Uh, they, they, the game, the drive was kind of pushed forward. You had some penalties that helped the 49ers moving forward. There was some of that in that game as well, some kind of weird moments. But, uh, yeah, as far as the winning formula, I think that's how most people want to win. But, Darius, what's good with you, bro? Man, two in a row. I don't care who it was against, just based on the fact it's an NFL game, man. Yeah. It could be anybody's yeah. game any Sunday. I want to point out the fact that Shanahan, man, I got I'm gonna give him his credit. A lot of people are not gonna do it. He is kinda in his bag again. I feel like he finally uh came to a realization of what he really has to work with versus what he wanted it to be. Um we're running the ball a lot. Even when they he's about to you know what I mean? He's about to uh, go to the shotgun. and But no, he stayed with, he stayed with the play action. He stayed with what works, man. He had the offense running right, running left. And um, shout out to, to, to Jacksonville's pass rush. Uh, their blitz game was kind of dope. Like, it was getting back there. Um, and, and Jimmy didn't, he didn't get nervous. He didn't, you know, start throwing those wild balls and, he had that one that got away. He got he had a few that got away from him in the inside, wide right. Uh, but other than that, you know, when Shanahan takes the takes the restraints off, man, our players really get going, man. Like, I mean, Ayuk is a monster, bro. Like, I don't know what that was the first few games. Like the whole doghouse scenario, like that that was that was garbage. Uh, we only had one penalty. I believe we converted almost every third down. I'm not, I have to check. I didn't really check the stats on that, but when I was watching, it seemed like we pretty. I don't remember us putting. We we might have. Maybe I might have went to the bathroom or got we some water. We punted a couple of times. Um, we punted a couple of times. But... Okay, okay. It just seemed so fluent. I, I didn't know. You know what I mean? Because we just looked like it was on it. Uh, Jennings, I think we need to keep Jennings, man. Just based on his energy, dude. Like. And he has short hands. He's slow, but he's gonna get out there. He's gonna block somebody. He's gonna hit somebody hard, man. Like, dude is a he's a, he's a gamer, man. I can't I can't knock him. He he plays his position. He knows his part, and he plays it like. And I fuck with that, man. Um, if I have to critique it, critique it. Oh, oh hold on, one more thing, one more thing. Josh Norman, y'all. Yeah, that's been my boy all year, man. Two forced fumbles. Pass deflection and got the young boy over there, uh, Jefferson. Might have to double coverage that, 
but um, we're going to see. We're going to see how that works out because the Vikings, they tough. They they five and five with us, but their record doesn't show really how good they are, man. It's it's a, uh, it's a mirage because they really get out there and play. Um, But back to us, though. So only thing I would have to say is our front, man, the, the pressure is weak. Other than the, the fourth quarter, you know, they started getting in there. Nick Bosa got in there twice. Arden Key got his sack. But, like, all game, it just said, like, damn. Especially when we send the ball. It was damn near an empty back, uh, 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 empty uh, coverage to where it's like, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't see no safety. I see, I see everybody on the line. I'm like, damn. It's one of them ones. And we didn't get no pressure and luck and, and, and luck would have it that he just he he missed. I think the dude that dropped like, damn, bro, like we done broke the house and we can't get back back there. You know what I'm saying? So defensive line still gotta work on that, man. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna be fooled by a great game. Because those those type of things count when you're playing real tough teams. If we're talking about getting to the playoffs, you can't have that, man. You can't get down to we're not generating enough punch at the line um another thing i would say uh please don't come for me in the comments y'all about to be mad at me when i say this man but trey sermon and ambry thomas they might not be as good as we thought man not 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 for us at least uh, uh trey sermon he a hard runner big body dude you know what i'm saying but he's a north and south type of runner and i feel like kyle looking for that more of a a fast zigzag, you know, because it's the zone. I remember running the zone in high school, you know, it's, it's the cutback. You, that's the whole point of it. The line moves a certain direction, and there's a hole that opens up when you cut back. And he didn't do that his first play. I remember I'm watching the first down, um, uh, 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 Wilson, he only get like probably like one or two yards. Boom, they bring Trey in. Trey runs. To the right, left. Darius, I'm a, uh, my bad, Darius. I had to get you off because the, the the service was it was cutting in and out for a while. But uh I yeah, sermon as far as sermon goes, you there's a couple of things I think he's he's fighting within himself on how he wants to run and how they want him to run. And sometimes when you're trying to do things like how they want to do it, I think they're just gonna take some time. There's gonna be that adjustment for him to really start to get to be that one cut guy. You know, like Derry said, you know, he's a he's a north-south runner. I think they actually feel like if he's north-south runner, that, that's good. I think right now he's been more of a east-west type runner, right? Like a little, you know, kind of bounce things around. And they want him to just get there, see the hole, foot in the ground, get upfield. And right now he's not he's not doing that consistently. But I think the more he sees it, he'll improve. I saw some of that with Elijah Mitchell early on. But with Mitchell, I think Mitchell, he, the more he has run, he's been, he's gotten better. I think they just saw more instances where he did put his foot in the ground and, and get upfield right now, and that led to some bigger runs. But I think even with Elijah Mitchell, he's still learning to really, really see it on a consistent basis and run exactly how they want him to run. Here we go. Got my guy Ryan on. Ryan, what's good, bro? Ryan, you there? What's cracking, man? How you doing, crack? 
Yeah, can you hear me? Good, man. How you feeling about that win? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I was happy. It was pretty cool. It was good. Um, I was understanding the opponent we played. Um, I think the offense did well. We missed a couple throws here and there, but for the most part, um, we ran and showed our identity. I have a question for you, though. Do you think, yeah. I think it's something to what you guys talked about earlier about time management and Kyle Shanahan system. Do you think Kyle is extremely good at being a front runner and not necessarily that good when, say, for instance, we don't get two turnovers and we don't have the lead? I don't think he's as good of a coach in those predicaments than he is when he does have the lead. And that's what scares me. You see, get what I'm saying? Uh, I, I, I don't want to say. I don't want to say that, but there is something to that, right? Because I think I've seen, I think I saw some kind of stat where Kyle Shanahan hasn't won a game when he was losing at halftime. Did you see that? You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You guys in the chat, y'all can yeah. let, it, let us know. But I think I saw a stat that with him as the head coach of the 49ers, he has not won a game when going into halftime trailing. So that's something that can definitely be, you know, a little... A little concerning and and maybe speak to what you're saying in the sense of him being more of a front runner being a little bit more comfortable you know while ahead and being able to dial things up and things maybe get a little tighter while uh you know when he's not my bad and things getting a little tighter when he's not ahead or he doesn't have that lead right so i think there there could be a little i don't want to call it front runner but i i get what you're saying though Cause, okay, so like we we've all seen the great coach. It seems like when we're when something goes bad and we don't have like a first down or you know we don't convert on our like third downs or whatnot, I can almost sense and feel his whether it's his nervousness or his indecision becoming into play. Cause you know he's a very scripted individual. Like he's very meticulous in everything they do. So if something is off script, I can feel in his play calling where he begins to. You don't see the the direction and the in like a, a self assuredness in the play calling. If that makes sense, like every time I watch them when they're winning, it's a consistent theme that you see. But I hope that he will learn how to adapt when things aren't going that same type of way, and feel just as confident in his play calling and his players to still make things out of nothing. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And um, I see somebody say that, uh, where is it? Y'all nitpicking. I think he's talking about us. I see the chat going up right now. Our guy, uh, Morales. Oh. <laughs> and, and, I was, and I'll say this. We're, we're not nitpicking. Like, I, I don't Nit- think we're no. saying, like, Kyle's a bad coach. I don't think we're saying we're not happy with the win. We're not saying we're not happy with, like, no. we're just saying, you know, it's just something to keep an eye on, right? Like, just trying to get to know yeah. who our head coach is. And, and you know, you use the word front runner. I would say, you know, I don't, I don't want to call him that, but I, you know, the 49ers have not, I, again, I have to fact check this, but I believe I saw this stat. Yeah. There's not one game that Kyle Shanahan has won when he went into halftime losing. And if that is the case, that can speak to maybe some of his, you know, coaching decisions and things like that, that you're speaking to in the sense of how he plays yeah. when the game is either tight or behind. Yeah, because I don't even want to say, okay, front runner might be the wrong word, but I like to look this how I look at things. I like to be objective when it comes to my Niners. 
And so I look at the first two games, how we played, and though we got the victory, you know, we was like, okay, cool, we won, we got the dubs. Any win in the NFL is a good win. I get that. But then I also like to look at the team and just seeing, okay, we play against the Jaguars, we handled our business, did what we're supposed to do. We played against the Rams, who came over bad, you know, ill. We've been beating them over the last couple of years, we did what we're supposed to do. I'm glad. But I also like to be objective enough to know what team's coming in that we can play who may not make some of those similar mistakes. And I want my com my, I always want my coach to be still feeling confident and be like, all right, bro, if things don't pan out like we see 20 play drives, keep keep going, keep on them Debo plays that were very creative. Keep doing, you know what I'm saying? Like keep keep that same energy, man. Don't don't get down on on, on your play calling. Trust yourself, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I, yeah. So now I I agree. I do think there there there's something to that, and there's definitely something. Four Niners will probably have to continue to improve on Kyle Shanahan with some of his play calling. I see somebody say that he did have a win when trailing at halftime, and it was against the Saints. Yeah. So no. Oh. oh. Nope. 49ers were winning that game. Uh, at halftime, 49ers were up twenty eight to. 27. So, not sorry. Uh, I saw it. Hold on, where was it at? Because <laughs> they said it. They said, uh, where was it at? Gosh, I don't see it. This chat moves fast, but now they said the New Orleans Saints 2019 49ers were down right here. Oh, uh, false. We were trolling the Saints at the half. I'm looking at it right now. 49ers were up 28 27 at halftime. Now they were trailing in that game, but not at halftime. So that's that still kind of holds true. But I will say that was a game where he had to get in his bag and come from behind and win. I mean, that was the 49ers were down two scores in that game. So if we do want to look to uh, a positive um example of him being able to overcome like that type of adversity, you know, being down um, multiple scores and coming back, he did do it in that game. He did. Facts. Yes. Facts. And so that's not all I'm saying. Like, yeah. As we go to the next half of the year, I want Miners even being down a little bit so he can continue to gain that confidence to work, you know, to work those things off, whether it's with time management or with, you know, being able to adjust his play calling if he if we do get behind or we do have an early turnover, just to kind of keep on that, that same energy because I do like the way we've been playing. Shout out to the defense coordinator, Demico Ryan. I don't hear nobody calling for your head over the last two weeks. Once you got your players you, yeah. back, you know. Hey, you play a lot better when you got players. I mean, I'll tell somebody today, like, dude, if you missing um, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and, and Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> it's going to be rough out there. You know what I'm saying? You'll be exposed. And um, you start getting some of them dogs back, you kind of realize that, you know, you got some a decent secondary back there, man, that's really doing a good job. We definitely need a D-tackle, though. Please, somebody, we need a D-tackle. We need a D-tackle bad. Right, and there was another game. Somebody brought up the Cardinals game from 2019, and I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the 49ers were down 16-0 in that game to start, and they did come from behind and they won. But again, I think that's another one of those games where, at halftime, oh, 49ers were losing at halftime. They were down 16-10 at halftime. So that that might be his only that might be his only win when trailing at halftime, so that's a good one. That's a good one. 
Yeah, and that's not to say that he can't come from behind, but what you're saying is just in the sense of his mindset. And that's what we're trying to figure out. Like, you know, who yeah, is all. our coach? And maybe maybe Kyle is still trying to figure out like who who he is <clears throat> as it pertains to like the things that he wants to do in his head and how he has to play with his team. Maybe he can't do all the things that he wants to do. Uh, you know, there's that aspect of it as well. So I don't think it's uh, nitpicking him or being, you know, overly critical or anything, but it's just trying to figure out like, who is our head coach, right? You know, if you ask the Chiefs, and obviously Andy Reid, he's been the Chiefs head coach for a while now, but they they know who Andy Reid is, good for good or for bad. Uh, Sean Payton, Saints, they know who their coach is. Uh, Mike Tomlin, Steelers, they know who he is. And I think yes, right now yes, with the 49ers, yeah. we're, we're still trying to find out who exactly who is. Who is Cal? Hey, that's a nice episode, man. Hey, that's a nice title nice you can do one day throughout the week. Who is Cal? <laughs> All right, here we go. So, All right, man. Well, look, uh, I'm gonna get you off. I'm about to bring my guy Greg Pinelli on. I appreciate you coming on, Ryan. All right, man. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one, man. Peace out. All right, here we go. I thought I sent Greg the invite. I guess I didn't. My bad, Greg. I think I did, didn't I? Oh, I didn't. So, who did I send that link to? <laughs> Send it to somebody, not Greg. This is QB Monday. So, you know, we're going to have Greg come on. He's going to talk about some some throws and things or some things that he's looking for from the quarterback. So um excited to kind of look into that. I, I haven't watched the plays yet, but I'm going to bring them up. And we're going to look into what Greg is seeing from the quarterback standpoint. Again, it's QB Monday. So he'll be coming on uh, the show. Sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Again, make sure you download Underdog Fantasy, the app. Or go to the website underdogfantasy.com. Type in promo code Crocky. All right. And I believe they're still matching whatever you deposit. So if you deposit 20 bucks, they're going to actually match that and give you 20 more dollars for you to play with. And, you know, like I said, we've done our uh, over unders and things like that. We'll see when Greg gets in here. I'll share my screen right now. Uh, and again, it's not just football, you know, it's really all sports. So, uh, yeah, it's really a, a, a fun app. This is what we did the other day. I had some other uh, parlays that I played. Didn't end up uh, hitting anything. But you have all sports. You got football right here. So I'm assuming who's at Tampa Bay against the Giants tonight. We could do some over-unders on them. All right. Uh, you know, is Mike Evans going to get more than 60 yards, if you think so? Or 66 yards, if you think so, hit the over. Is Chris Godwin going to get 74 yards? If you don't think so, hit the under. Daniel Jones, 23 rushing yards. Hit the over. Parlay that, put in, you know, I don't know, $5 bet, and boom, that'll win you 30 bucks. Okay, you want to go a little bit bigger? $20 bet, that'll win you 120 all right? And on top of football, they also have uh, basketball as well. So Kevin Durant playing against Cleveland tonight. Will he get over 28 points, if you think so? Hit the over. And you can actually add him to your parlay, all right? So again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. If you guys haven't, Make sure you guys uh, download the app, promo code Crocky, all that good stuff. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh Norman is forced five fumbles in eight games. He's punching that ball out. And that's something I've noticed even with, like, younger kids. I watch high school football, right? And it's like everybody just goes and tackles the guy. They just go and tackle. And I'm like, high school players have, like, the worst ball security ever. It's like, man, if you teach some of these young guys to just punch at the ball, or rip at the ball in the high school, they forced so many fumbles. And that's one thing that 
uh, Josh Norman has mastered. And he's punching that ball out. Shout out to Peanut Tillman. Shout, shout out to Peanut Tillman. Got a comment here from our guy. Ellis, get to see you back in here. Debo is the real MVP. Debo's balling, man. Debo's balling. But all right, guys. Uh, finna go to break real quick. Norman, four to five fumbles. Finna go to break real quick. And when we get back, we will have my guy, Greg Pinelli. It's QB Monday. He got the 49ers hoodie. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see some of these stories that he's talking about. All right, so keep it locked right here. We'll be back in 30 seconds. All right, welcome back, guys. Now, I got my guy Greg Pinelli here, QB Monday, the QB extraordinaire, the QB trainer, the GOAT, the, the, the guy that, you know, he got a lot of kids in the playoffs, man. How, how were some of their performances? And you just lost one. Cruz Herrera, he lost. I saw a uh, yep. little uh, Cruz, Coronado. Cruz took down the city of Stockton. Uh, oh, he took down oh, everybody oh. else in Stockton. He took down Edison. He took down Lincoln. Um, they you lost. Know, you, know said, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still holding it down for E House, man. Yeah, there you go. No, he took them down. Um, they lost to Rockland. They were up ten with two minutes to go and ended up losing the game. So, mm. not ideal. Um, yeah, Nick Coronado, one of the quarterbacks from Tracy, California, Kimball High School. Um, he's uh, the leader in the state for passing right now. I think he's got like go, 57 Nick. touchdowns to four picks or something like that. Something crazy. Let's go, he's Nick. top five in the country. Yeah, so Nick's balling out. And I know you had Nick when he was a – I think he was an eighth grader, seventh, eighth grader, right, on seven on seven? Yeah, middle school kid. Yeah, I had him middle school, yeah. seven on seven. Yep, and That's then so up. we got Strand that... out there in Arkansas. I know Strand Strand taking the L, uh, but his last yeah. high school pass was a touchdown, so that's cool. Yeah, do do you think that seven on seven? I mean, obviously there's there's trainers like you out there, and you're really helping develop a lot of these young kids. Do you think that seven on seven is contributing to maybe quarterbacks just you know being able to throw the ball better nowadays because everybody's throwing the ball around? Uh, you see, you know, like I said, like a Nick Coronado, you know, throwing for you know fifty seven touchdowns. Is 707 helping with that, or do you think that's just him with his training, his coach, and things like that, and that's contributing more to the success? I think it depends. Um, I really think it depends because I think the training, I think the, the body work, I think the confidence, I think the cool thing about what they've done compared to a lot of high schools is they've all kind of stuck together, uh, which you see a lot of high schools when they a little bit of success starts to come. It's like, what's the next step? Where can I go that's a bigger high school that's going to give me more exposure? And I know you know of a couple of kids from Stockton, and I'm not going to mention it, but there's a few that leave to schools, other Southern California schools, Sacramento schools, Bay Area schools, whatever it may be that might get You're them You're talking more about Robert Brown. Yeah, Relic. And I got mad love for him. I Don't get me wrong, I got mad love for him. But I don't feel like Relic needed to do that to get more exposure because he had the offers already anyways. Now, I do get it where you want to play maybe a better talent pool overall and get you ready for the next level. But a lot of kids do that, not necessarily in his position where they, they would leave and go to another school um, to get better offers when they're already at a school that gets enough exposure as it is already. Now, don't get me wrong. Modern day, completely different than Edison high school yeah. in Stockton as far as exposure, but Edison is getting a lot of exposure now, um, right. which is good. Yeah. They got a few guys on their team. To, uh, um, USC. USC, right? 
So when it came to uh, Raleigh, though, because I, 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 I had the same thought process when I found out. I think we were at that banquet, and that was when I heard like Raleigh was transferring to modern day. And my thing was like, man, you already got the offers to USC, Alabama, everybody in the nation. Like, why leave? And I never talked to Raleigh about his offers, about anything. Like with me, it was always just on the field coaching. Like Raleigh, get your eyes out the backfield. Why are you doing that? Oh, Raleigh, I need you to play safety right here. It was never about like all the offers and the attention he got off the field. But I will say this. Since him, since him leaving to modern day and, you know, flying to Texas to play against Duncanville, you know, playing against Bosco, playing, you know, in front of those type of crowds in that atmosphere, I, I understood it after I saw it. I'm like, okay. I get yeah. It. If I'm and a five-star cool running seen. back one of the top of the nation, I do it too. Yeah. Right. And a lot of kids, a lot of people were probably thinking um, – the kid's going to go get exposed because he's good in Stockton, but he's not good enough to play in modern day. And then he goes to modern day and it's absolutely lighting it up, not skipping a beat. Um, so he's proved his worth. Like he's done really well there. So I'm not knocking the kid. I think Relique has done a great job. Um, but a lot of kids will obviously do that stuff. So it's cool to see Nick's team um, over there in, in Kimball uh, kind of stick together. Um, so I think for the seven on seven stuff, it just depends. And you know, as well as I do, if seven on seven football is not quarterback driven, it becomes very backyard football ish mesh concepts, constantly man crossers into throwing deep balls. Like that's kind of seven on seven is mesh crossers, pick routes and deep balls. So if it's not a quarterback driven offense, um, then they're it, not learning it, to me. It just right be, it, to me, it just becomes, yeah, it's, you know how it is taking the snaps and taking five hitches before they throw the ball and it's unrealistic footwork, unrealistic expectations of the quarterback. And it's really not reading defenses because you called seven on seven. Like how many times realistically were you running a true zone type of defense when you don't have to have any run responsibilities in most tournaments, you don't have any run responsibilities. Um, so everybody just kind of, bails out of there and is playing, you know, much deeper than they would be, or you're running two man or, you know, these different types of coverages. But at the end of the day, it's, it's going to become man anyways, because guys are pushing right. vert and they match up there after 10 yards anyway. So um, it's like a bunch of, so that, it just depends. You know, I see a bunch of it. That's a question I get a lot. Um, should my kid play seven on seven in, it's it's depending on the, the coaching staff, I think. If you get a coaching staff that's going to make it quarterback-driven or it's going to be quarterback-driven where the quarterback will have responsibilities and reads and, and pr progressions and things like that, which becomes a little bit distracting, if you would, in the seven-on-seven -seven world because, um, again, the defense neglects some of the responsibilities as far as run game play, right? So they're dropping right off the bat. So you're kind of taking what they're giving you which you should in, in real games anyways, but what you're given in seven on seven is more unrealistic than what you would see in a real game. Um, and the timing, throwing the ball, sitting back there in the pocket with nobody rushing and you got four seconds on the quarterback tee and you're hitching and hitching and hitching and you're scanning the whole field left and right two times is not really realistic. So if there's some type of responsibility from the quarterback position, I think it's good, but there's, I had three division one quarterbacks at a high school last year and now one of them played on a seven on seven team. So hmm. um, I don't get, I don't, I, when I talk to college coaches every week, I don't have college coaches that call me and ask, Hey, what seven on seven team is he playing for? 
if that makes sense. <laughs> right. And it's not a yeah. shot at seven on seven. Like I, I, I don't mind it. Like I think it's good for the kids if they do it right. But again, there's not a coach to me. There's not a coach in the country far as far as quarterbacks go that are going to say, Hey, we want this kid because he balled out in this seven on seven tournament. Now for the athletes, that's different. They get to show their speed, get to show the jumping ability and, you know, coverage skills, especially as a DB, like seven on seven for DBs. That's different because the game becomes a disadvantage for a DB in seven on seven. Um, so you can see guys flip their hips. You can see their vertical speed once they flip and run um, their break speed because, you know, again, they're at a disadvantage when a quarterback's got four seconds to throw the ball. You, you got to keep on running with dudes instead of, you know, two and a half seconds in high school and the ball's out because, you know, they're going to get sacked or whatever it may be. So uh, speaking of being at a disadvantage, we got a uh, mill hunter here and he says, Grant Cohn says 49 should put Debo Samuel at running back to pay him less. All right. Now that's actually hold on, Milf Hunter. What kind of what what is that? He's hunting down MILFs. Man, it sounds like that dude you were to, uh, tweeting about yesterday. I'm not even gonna blast him though. <laughs> Go 49ers Mike. What what was his name on there? No, man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I... <laughs> Did you see how that whole dude, thing I was looking came about? So I was I was looking through okay, so I seen you tweet about it. And I looked at the thread and I'm like, what is Crocker talking about? Like you, you were laughing. I was in my car, like literally stopped in traffic on 99 yesterday, going to, to Modesto to train quarterbacks. And I'm sitting here looking at like dead stop accident in the middle of freeway. And I'm like, gosh, damn it. So I pulled up Twitter. I'm like, boom, I seen your video and I pulled it up and literally I'm watching you laugh constantly on Twitter. And I literally, I, I could not, it was one of those videos where you, you can't not watch it and not start dying laughing because you're dying laughing. So I started yeah. laughing. I'm like, what is he laughing about? And then I go through the thread I go back to find it. And I'm like, what is this? And then I see the screenshot and uh, I was like, no way, no way. Like, come on, bro. You got to crop that. Like, you got you to gotta do a little bit more diligence if you're going to post that to Twitter. Like, you got to double check. At least, so, so, I mean, maybe it was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw it out there and make a joke about it." But uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not touching on that. You could, you could touch on that. I want to roast. So, it my, so my guy, he, he's my guy. I'm, I'm chilling. It's the morning, and I see him in that. You could see him. He's in that spaces on Twitter, right? I'm like, and for those of you who don't follow me, Eric underscore Twitter on, you know, Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter at Greg underscore Pinelli. Uh, follow him as well on Twitter. So I see my guy and in and, and the thing you could see and I'm looking at the title and I'm like, what the hell is he in? Like, what is that? So I screenshot <laughs> it to, and I meant to send it to him and be like, who you, Mike, why are you in this spaces? But you know, sometimes I get busy. I, you know, my head is all over the place. So I just forgot. Right. So the next day, the next morning, somebody was like, Hey man, some of these, uh, some of these, these spaces on Twitter are wild that people be in. And I commented and I was like, yeah, I saw Mike in one yesterday. And then a girl commented, and she was like, "Yeah, I saw him in there too." And, I, and so Mike oh, is no. like, "Y'all can see that." But before you weren't able to see it, somebody was just listening. You, you, like, if I'm in the spaces, you just see like, if I'm talking, then it would pop up. But if I'm not speaking in it, like, and I'm just like listening, when you do your halftime show, like that type of space is what you're talking about, like that. Yeah. So, but when I do my halftime show, you can, you can, you'll see that I'm speaking. But right. typically, if somebody's just listening then you don't just like 
see them in there like that. You see the speakers. Well, I guess now there's something, I don't know if they if there's a glitch or what, but you can actually see the people that are listening as well. So I see this crazy ass title. <laughs> and I, so he was like, uh, so the girl was like, oh yeah. And I'm like, dude, like I actually screenshot, I meant to send it to you. And he's like, oh, I need to see that. So I'm like, all right, here it is. So, it was so, free game. It was free game at that point. <laughs> so I'm not thinking that he wants me to like oh, DM it no. to him or text him or anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I send it. I send it in. <laughs> so film, you could have DM me that. You could have text me that. It's like, bro, you you you're in there. And and then since oh, then I've no. seen like the a couple of other ones where people it out there. Yeah, so yeah, he got it. He got it chill. Wild. Yeah, he got it chill. But anyways, wild. let's get into the let's get the 49ers. We do have Milf Hunter, and he says uh 49ers put Debo at running back to pay him less. That's what Grant Cohn thinks. And I would say uh I get it in theory that makes sense, but what are you gonna do? Pay him like a running back and then be like, All right, psych, we're putting you at receiver. Like, nah, his agent ain't going for that. that so it sounds happening. good. I get it's what Grant's saying. His 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 agent ain't that stupid. Right. I get what Grant is saying, though. If the 49ers could do that, then, yeah, it would make a lot of sense. But there's there's no way. There's no way. All right, here we go. Uh, Crocker is hella funny. Dying. Yeah, that happened. Dying. <laughs> All right, anyways, let's get into let's get into some of these throws. So, uh, one, do you want to go over the throws first from Jimmy Garoppolo, or do you want to just give kind of your opinion on it and then get into it? How do you want to do it? Yeah, no. So, I, so I was watching the game, obviously. Um took some screen recordings and I sent them to you off the game pass um, just last night as I was watching some things. And we talked about Jimmy in the state that he's in and what he's been doing and how well he's been doing things the last few weeks. Um, and I feel like it's, it's gotten repetitive, um, which is good. Like, you know, I'd rather have us talking about how well Jimmy's doing versus, you know, the crappy things that he's doing over and over and we're losing games or whatever it may be. But I took a couple screenshots, so I did throw a couple misses in there because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tailor towards the the still play Trey Lance people um, that are out there, um, <laughs> yeah. Because that's that's still gonna be a topic, and I'm still gonna see I'm sure Grant's out there right now on Twitter talking about how Trey Lance should still be playing in the game, and they would have won by 50 yesterday if he was playing. I don't know, but yeah, um, it's just it's it's <laughs> there. You it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at what Jimmy's been doing as far as efficiency, as far, as far as operating the offense. Now we talked about it and I'm not, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. Um, Crocky, you, you're playing with fire. You might want to hide those DMS or you're going to get exposed here real quick. Oh, no, I ain't got nothing crazy in there. You're going to look like porn star Jimmy here in a second. If you, if somebody sent you a, a crazy <laughs> message. No, there's um, no messages in there. I'll be good. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. So, um, you know, the, the thing is, is, is I was talking about it yesterday, um, and I still got to go back and really watch the game, uh, with the bills game. Um, you know, the bills lost yesterday, obviously my dude, Josh did not have the, the greatest day. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm not bashing on him by any means, but the thing that you get with guys with strong arms and guys like Mahomes, guys like Josh, guys like even Kyler Murray sometimes and, and um, Trey Lance's of the world. And they get away with 
they make so many good throws, so many like out of this world, holy crap, how did he make that throw type of throws um, that make you necessarily sometimes forget about the little misses that they have. And when you don't have those sexy throws within a game, um, sometimes those little misses get exposed a little bit more. Um, so that's that's that high risk, high reward. Like you can throw without your feet underneath you and make up for it with your arm talent, which those guys can do. Trey Lance can obviously do that. So it's the high risk, high reward thing. Um, a lot of the, a lot of times those guys will try and overpower balls with their arm talent. They don't necessarily get their feet set all the time because they don't have to get their, their feet set all the time. So it's a different style of play than what Jimmy brings. And that's the difference is people want to see that style because – and I get it too, because it brings a different element. And it's like, well, what if he's playing? We Now we have the deep threats. Now we have the, the long ball down the field. Um, but would you take that with the high risk? Or would you take the efficiency that you've been getting with Jimmy G? And I guess that'd be a question for the folks that are listening. It's like, realistically speaking, I, I, don't, I think you'd be crazy to, to, to say that there should be a change made based on the efficiency that we've seen over the last month um, or month and a half, whatever it may be from Jimmy Garoppolo. So <clears throat> uh, I don't, you know, Trey the most efficient quarterback in goes, football, the most, the most efficient quarterback in football over the last four weeks or over the last four games. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, and, and, and a lot of people have asked on Twitter, um, what, what do you think is the difference? And, and, and realistically, I think that it's Shanahan getting back to the offense that got him to where they are. Um, I think it's the play calls, the diversity within the playbook. Um, you know, throwing Debo at running back. I mean, it's like, what the hell were the Jags doing? You watch the game, you're like, Debo's at running back. They're, they're really not going to use him as a decoy at running back. Not much. They haven't shown it yet. And he was still cutting right. their ass. So it's like, what are you doing now? Um, so like getting, getting into that part of the offense with Shanahan and what he's done, um, I think that has helped Jimmy's confidence. And then he's put Jimmy in the shotgun more with, um, with his, when they're doing their pass plays. But yesterday, again, there's a screenshot on here or a screen recording on here that we'll talk about the play action stuff, but he's Jimmy throws the ball on time a lot. He reads the, the flat defenders really well. He reads the middle of the field really well. He throws a lot of passes over the middle of the field that a lot of other quarterbacks don't necessarily throw because you get inside the hashes and things get tight. It's a little bit spooky inside the hashes for quarterbacks because guys are a lot faster. Safeties roll down, whatever it may be. You've got robbers playing in the middle of the field. So um, Jimmy does a good job of that stuff. Like that's, to me, that is really underlooked as far as his, what he does in his game is the ability to throw the ball over the middle. Um, now I watch, I'm saying this again, it's on a pick over the middle, knock on wood next week. So hopefully he doesn't, but he does, he throws the ball over the middle really well with a lot of confidence and he throws it on time a lot. So um, from a quarterback coaching perspective, we looked at it, comparing it to Josh last week with Jimmy's throws inside the numbers or basically almost inside the hashes like 90% of his throws were inside the hashes, I think. And then you look at Josh's, they were, I think, probably like 65, 70% of his throws were outside the hashes. 
Mm. Um, so it's a completely different style of game. Now, given the arm talent, that's different. But um, you can make those throws from the opposite halves to the to the far side of the field or to the wide side of the field. So I, I like the efficiency. I think that Jimmy's done a good job. Um, obviously, we got a little bit of help yesterday with some stupid penalties from the Jaguars that extended some drives. Um, you know, that there wasn't – it wasn't all just – the Niners killing it. There was some stupid mistakes made from the Jaguars that definitely helped them out. I know one of them was on a sack. Um, yeah. I think it was the first drive of the game or second drive of the game where they got a sack and then the, the Niners kept moving. But no, I think overall he's done a really good job. Um, you know, there's a couple there. He, we saw him throw a deep ball, not a deep ball, but kind of a, a go ball on a cover one or not even cover. I don't even know if it was cover one. It was might, might've been two match, but um, you know, it, it's, <clears throat> yes he's an NFL quarterback but I'll say this like they don't throw the ball vertically a lot so he doesn't have many opportunities to necessarily practice the deep ball yeah. um in live rep situations so he missed it, it also terrible, I don't think it was as it. bad as I don't think it was as bad as people are saying you know I've always no it about wasn't the, terrible the, I mean the that's, go that's route. one of those throws where it's like go ahead yeah the, the go route is the lowest percentage throw a quarterback can attempt so more times than not, when throwing a goal route, I'd say probably 90% of the time, it's not just on the money. Like, the receiver just hits him in stride, doesn't have to adjust anything, right? Unless you're Aaron Rodgers. Now, most of the time, he hits it in stride. But most quarterbacks, they just put it in an area to where their receiver can adjust and make a play. And I thought he put that ball in an area yeah, 50, 50 where Debo Samuel could adjust and make a play, and he just didn't make that play for him. So... Yeah, that was kind right. of my, that was my kind of outlook on, on on that whole thing. But let's let's get into some of these uh, plays here. All right, uh, oh, here we go. And like I said, so here we've we go. been talking about the positives. So I wanted to show some of the some of the negatives or some of the things that he might be able to do a little bit differently. <clears throat> I think he said that leak flat, or that flat route, or that mesh concept coming across. So if you look for those who don't necessarily know what mesh concept is. It's crossers across the middle. So you're trying to get guys uh, here. Pause it right there. Okay, hold on. Right there. Okay, so you see both of them across the middle. It's use check, right? And I think it was Wilson. So they're going across the middle, and the, basically it, it becomes a natural pick play. So use check as he crosses. Wilson, I think, goes underneath, and it becomes a natural pick play. So that middle linebacker is rolling off a of play action. So rewind it just a hair crock. More. A little bit more. More. Yep. Yeah, just go go over from right under center real quick. So you got Debo in the backfield. Okay. And then you got Wilson out to the left there, playing tight. Yep. And then you got use check on the right side. <clears throat> is this Ayuk with his hand in the dirt? I can't tell because the screen's so small. It looks Next like to it Wilson. Though. Hold on. That is yeah, it. it is. <laughs> so you look. So this right. is, these are like those things that we're talking about. Look at the diversity of the offense. Like the Jack, how do you see this? Like this personnel group realistically is because of what's on the field. Um, it's 21 personnel. Who's playing fullback here? Right. That's who's George playing Kittle. fullback here? George Kittle. Okay, so that's Kittle. So realistically, because you got Kittle in there, right? Two running backs, 
one tight end, but you got use check there. So there's your one running back. The other running back would be Debo, right? But then you got Wilson out there. So there's your other running back, right? So the personnel groups are all thrown off. Then you got Ayuk with his hand in the dirt. So realistically, you got you got three running backs out there if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to count them as running backs and and two tight ends, right? Right. Because Ayuk's got his hand in the dirt. But when they get up to line of scrimmage, they're thinking it's twenty one personnel, and you get this formation. Right. That's what throws them out of whack. So look at them look right at the now. Action, look how they're coiled right up in the middle. Yeah, like, that, they don't even you know what to do. Ever see a defense doing that? I mean, like if you talk about leverage points, like what if what if Usechek runs a five yard speed out with that leverage right there, or just runs a flat right now, or a bubble right now? Right. Like how do you play that as an outside backer? Because their leverage is jacked up now because of who the hell is on the field and where they are. Now you talk about the efficiency of play action. We're going to talk about it again um, as you go ahead and start it. All right, here we go. So watch the backers in the middle. Debo goes left. Okay, now you're freezing linebackers, right? And you're getting the linebackers to move wide. Now he's got Wilson out there in the flat, okay? This is one of those balls where he was wide open, and, and, and he missed him, right? He, he missed him a little bit, and people and watch this on the first drive of the game. You're like, gosh, damn, that's a touchdown. Easy. That's a gimme route, right? This is one of those throws like – if it's a if it's six inches closer to Wilson, it's on the money, right? Or if it's a receiver, maybe he catches it. I don't necessarily think this is a terrible ball, um, but this is one of those ones that's Jimmy, like you see him wide open, like you literally could have just you know thrown it underhand to him and he's got it. But there are know, a lot of people were, saying that Wilson slowed rushing. down. I'm, they're saying Wilson slowed down. Yeah, I was going to say like if that's Debo Samuel or if that's IU, that's a touchdown. Let, I, I don't even let's think he's touchdown. so much like. I mean, technically, I guess, but I think he's just looking like, damn, there's nobody. So he's kind of like, yeah, like, all right, like, just get open, it to so me. Okay, I'm going to throttle it down right here and just get it to me. And then by the time it snaps on him, yeah, it's too far. It's like when he's, when, when you're that wide open, it's like, what's the point of me just sprinting all balls to the wall, 100% full speed? So it's just like, hey, I'm open. Just toss it to me real quick. And we got a touchdown. I think that's what we're seeing instead of some people just thinking, right. Oh, he's just slowing down because he doesn't think he's getting the ball. I think he thinks he's getting the ball. He's just like, there's nobody covering me. Just toss it to me. It's an easy touchdown. And Jimmy kind of right. just. And Jimmy missed. put it in front of him. So Jimmy pops his head around on play action, gets a little rushed with his feet, tries to get it out there. It wasn't a bad throw. Like I said, if that's a receiver, I think all of us could agree that's probably a touchdown 10 out of 10 times. Um, then there was this one. I think this one was just the play action. Yeah, so okay, so pause it right here. This is just a run play, inside zone run. But if you look at the defensive end up top, okay, and then you look at the backer, um, it would be the number two, I think it's the number two defender. Are you able to see my number uh, two person? outside? Yeah, so go ahead and click on it real quick. I think it's, I don't know if that's a nickel. The screen's so small, I can't see right now. So yeah, he rolls down in the box, right? So you got the outside, right out, yeah, the, the defensive end right there, or right. outside backer, because they run that. Three, four-ish look. Okay. Now watch number two. So see the number two defender behind him? Yep. Right there. Yep. Okay. So watch the defensive end and the number two defender. This is the this is how effective play action is right here. Look at all those guys going out with a run now. And you got the defensive end playing what? Play action, right? So look at the cutback lane now. Because those got Jimmy sold his play action. So now look at the cutback lane. Guys are completely out of position. 
and you want to talk about run efficiency and selling play action, this is a great tool for young quarterbacks. If he Jimmy took, doesn't Jimmy, sell that play action like he does. Jimmy takes – because of Jimmy uh, selling the play action, he takes him, him, and he has him running up with the receiver. Everybody thinking his play action and all while Wilson has the ball. Yep. And that's – But you're saying that a big, big part of it is – to what we do. A big part of it is Jimmy Garoppolo maybe making things look the same, right? Whether it's uh, a play action or him keeping the ball to potentially throw it. Absolutely. So essentially carrying these, out these his, are small like, details that, that these are small details, like you just said, carrying out your fake. Kids, especially at the high school level, even college level, it's easy for them to get lazy, especially in the gun offense where they're doing this zone read stuff and they'll just hand it off and let guys go. But you see right here where he actually busts out the first couple steps after he hands it off. Okay. That right there. Even George Kittle. Look at George Kittle. And his holding defender. George Kittle looking, because he's thinking like, oh, the guy's going to crash down. I'm going to have to uh, block him. And Crack he's running right away. George gonna, Kittle's uh, like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> yep. Even so George Kittle's block, throwing right? off. Because he sold him so hard on it. So, like, these are the little details that people that go um, unseen a lot. But if he doesn't do that the way he does, right? what is that, a 10-yard rush right there? Like that stuff over and over and over again, where you took three defenders out of the play just by carrying out a play fake. So those are, those are huge. Those are big wins on offense. Um, and those are things that Motion. That's, that's the benefit to Shannon's offense too. So now this one right here, this one is a miss. Okay. So we go play action right up the middle under center. Then use check is leaking out there. And to me, yes, you can call that tight coverage, whatever it may be. I don't, it wasn't tight enough to miss it. He kind of throws that two ball ish, almost like hard with an arc type of ball. Now, don't get me wrong, he's giving him a catchable ball. You got corner on the backside, right? You can't throw it too soft. And then you got somebody trailing. I wish that this one right here, especially with Juszczyk being a tight end coming out of college, somebody who can catch the ball, I wish that Jimmy would stick his foot in the ground right here and throw a freaking laser at him. Just put it on him, throw him a bullet. Put it right on him, right on it, right in front of him, instead of trying to make that little layered-ish throw, um, because he tries to get, I think, half half-ass, too touchy with it. Um, so this is one of those misses, and like I said, I'm showing people the the negatives because Jimmy's done so well the last couple of weeks. I wanted to expose the negatives for those folks that are out there that that enjoy seeing the partial failures from Jimmy Garoppolo in hopes that Trey Lance will get into the game at some point. But uh, Trey ain't it, getting it. It wasn't he ain't getting there right now. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. You know, again, I just think he can put that ball on him a little bit more. Um, and and really, it's, just, it's more of one of those fastball throws out of the break. And I see what he's doing. He's trying to anticipate it out of the break and just give him a ball. But I think that he can stick it. And you watch his feet. He kind of maybe felt that ghost pressure, if you would, um, right there. He could have stepped into that probably a little bit more and drove it. Um but that's just me being, you know, the nitpicking uh, quarterback coach here. So that was one of those misses. And I think I had one more on there. Right here. So you're talking about on time, throwing the ball, play action. This is that one to Ayuk here. Boom. Deep, deep over a deep dig route on time, right out, hitch, drive. There's no double hitches, no stepping up. Even though he gets that outside pressure, he knows he's got blockers in front of him. Takes that one hitch in the pocket, and he's throwing that thing on time. Perfect ball for Ayuk to get it. 
high and away, knocks down the defender. Strong catch from IU too, who balled out yeah. yesterday. But that's just a, that's a clean throw, and I, and I know again, people, it's not that big of a deal. Those are the things you get from a, an experienced quarterback. A lot of a lot of other quarterbacks would see that pressure from the front side and want to take those double hitches to get back on the pocket. But if he hitches one more time there, he'll end up being late. Okay, or he's going to give the defender a chance to maybe recover, but instead he throws them open. High, Ayuk goes and gets it. Hence the reason why they drafted him. And uh, here we go for 25, 30 yards up the field. So those are, those, those are the good things that, you know, the good and the bad of, from Jimmy Garoppolo. There was other, plenty of other throws. First drive of the game, first play of the game. They go play action to the right. He pops his head around the ends in his face, throws off platform without his feet underneath him, pops it to Kittle. And, and they're moving the change right off the bat. So those little throws, like the off-platform throws um, with guys in his face, I think that Jimmy does a really good job at those things. So, um, you know, I hope that he stays on it. He's looked really good up to this point yeah. um, the last couple of weeks. So I don't – I can't see um, – you know, obviously they might just do some of the package stuff. They throw train at the end of the game, and he does his little thing, and he's doing his own read and stuff like that. So um, I think it's a good opportunity for – for Trey Lance to obviously continue to, to sit and learn, especially with the way that Jimmy's playing right now. Yeah, and, and also I think these are the things that we were expecting to see from him throughout the year, right? Like, you know, when you hear that they're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo and he's a starting quarterback, I think from the jump people were expecting to see this level of play from him where, you know, again, it might not be like the sexy, splashy plays, but it's high-level efficiency. And, you know, you were hoping to get that from him as opposed to going through a going to a rookie and having to play through some of those growing pains. Well, now Jimmy is right. playing how you expect him to play early on. I think he's having good complimentary football from his teammates, not turning the ball over, not committing penalties, four nines defense finally taking the ball over. I think overall that's what's leading to wins. And again, if if he continues to do that, then there is no need to see Trey Lance. Now again, we'll still I mean there is that you gave up a lot for him. And there's that aspect of, you know, developing him and getting him to see these things. So, you know, his clock is sped up. I mean, sped, slowed down a little bit to where next year he doesn't have to go through these growing pains because now that's that's the question now, right? You Everything you talked about was about, you know, Jimmy, you know, seeing things, carrying out fakes, uh, you know, the timing of throws. Well, if Trey Lance isn't getting those in-game reps and the understanding of how to do those things now, is that just going to carry over to next year and now he's going to have to go through it and you've just prolonged a process that has to happen regardless? I, you know, I like, I think that, I think that seeing it and seeing the, seeing the film study, being in the meetings, watching Jimmy do the things that he's doing and having success with it is beneficial. Now, do I see that playing experience, like getting into a game and actually playing, um, obviously, you know, you can't, you can't really um, mirror those reps that you would get into a game versus maybe the twos or scout team. We're running with the, you know, the ones here and there against the twos defense in practice. Um, it's never going to be game-like. And you know that at practice, very rarely is it ever going to be truly game-like, especially at quarterback where you're never getting touched at practice anyways. So the, you don't feel the same heat uh, from the D line. Um, or corners blitzing or sit, you know, whatever it may be. So 
I wouldn't say it's prolonging the process. I think that if you look, like we've talked about, you look at the success from guys in the NFL and guys who have sat in the NFL, um, you know, to, to name a few, I mean, there's, there's plenty of dudes that got to sit for two to three years. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't even play year two. He might've played a little bit, but he didn't play year two. You know, we talked about Brady. We talked about Steve Young. We talked about plenty of other guys that had to sit um, and, and learn and develop and understand the playbook a little bit more because that's the thing too. And we've talked about it with Josh. Like when I asked Josh, you know, year one, how do you feel? It's like they're given a fraction of the playbook because they're so um, extensive and there's so, so much information that you got to learn, especially in an offense, probably like Shanahan's where there's a ton of different things that they're doing. Um, So, he said Favre was a Hall of Famer, chill great. Yeah, I know Favre was a Hall of Famer, hence why uh, Aaron Rodgers was sitting behind him. Um, I think what he's saying it, is, Aaron Rod, you can't compare the situations because Rodgers was sitting behind a Hall of Famer as opposed to uh, Trey yeah, Lance I get that, behind but, you're, but you, but I get it, but but you're you're sitting him behind a quarterback that has that threw for over four thousand yards and took him you know, right along to the Super Bowl with their run game and the defense and has played in the Super Bowl and should have won a Super Bowl. We've talked about that before. Um, if the, the play calling stayed the same, we the, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Jimmy Garoppolo would have a Super Bowl ring um, as his own, not as a backup for Tom Brady. So, um, you know, I think that I think what you're saying is, is it's a, you, it's, you can't let me ask. Yes, you this. he's let not one of the greats. Would you want him to? No, right. But would you like He's Wouldn't not one of these. Uh, he said a, uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy J and Favre, Montana, Bledsoe. But what you're saying is, yeah, okay, he's not those guys, but he is a quarterback that wins, and he can win, and he can play winning football, and he can do things the right way to kind of, you know, let a guy that needs developing be able to kind of sit and see this is how you do things. Now, I think the best of both worlds for Kyle Shanahan is for Trey Lance to see how Jimmy does things, take some of that. And put that on his skill set and what he does. And now you have like this kind of monster of a quarterback, right? I think that's what Kyle Shanahan is, is looking for and how he's well that, to that's my point. Trends. And people are taking it, people are taking this to the extent of um me saying that those guys sat. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not, what I'm saying is it doesn't necessarily matter who they sat behind. They had an opportunity to learn the game from sitting, right? So Carson Palmer sat behind John Kitten for a year. There you go. And Carson Palmer played 15 years in the NFL and they were doing well and towards ACL before Pittsburgh ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. So they probably beat Pittsburgh if he doesn't tear his ACL or get hurt or whatever the hell it may be. So it's not necessarily about who they're sitting behind to an extent it is, but would you want Jimmy Garoppolo or excuse me, Trey Lance to be sitting behind uh, CJ Beathard? Or right. one of the other dudes, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a terrible dude to be learning from because he's operated that offense well. He's done things well. Do I think that when Trey comes in at some point or another, I guess we'll probably see, obviously, but whether Trey comes in and operates that offense as fluid and as smooth, you know, that might be that's the expectations. Now, when you get somebody like Trey Lance, that's going to do that. We talked about that before high risk, high reward. There's going to be some throws he's going to make that he's going to try and push the ball in certain places that Jimmy doesn't necessarily do because Jimmy can't do it. And so that's where you get those, 
random interceptions here and there or those deflections or the drive killers, whatever it may be, because you're trying to force things that aren't wide open. You've overlooked one or two just to go to three. And that's what's made Tom Brady really good. And Jimmy learned from Tom Brady. That's what made Tom Brady really good is you watch Tom Brady takes one and two, like first and second progressions a lot. Last minute, two minutes of the game, Tom Brady's got the ball in his hands. Do you see how, how many deep balls do you see go down the field with Tom Brady? When, I'm talking about Tom Brady before he went to the, to the Buccaneers. Not a time, right? <laughs> I was going to say, because uh, we're talking about with Bruce Arians and uh, Byron Leftwich. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the person, <laughs> the, the pers- <laughs> not the personnel he's got right now. I'm talking about what with the six rings that Well, we've got. known him to be. Right, right. Yeah. We, we, we've it's known a, him to a be a guy that just fall out. Under, yeah, it's a I, lot I of do have a question. It's a lot of what Jimmy Garoppolo does. I have a question for you. All right, because there's one thing that I've noticed with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I just, uh, I actually sent the text message to my guy, Rich Madrid, this morning. And I was like, man, I don't see Jimmy do a certain thing. And I've seen it from Trey Lance, and I'm like, well, how can I see it from a guy that needs that seasoning, and he's doing it, and I never see it from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think maybe you can help me you can like help me understand. So Jimmy, I I never see him manipulate coverage. Is that like a New England thing? Or like, I never see him like, and I've seen it from Trey Lance. Like I've seen Trey Lance look left to hold uh, somebody in coverage and then know like, I want to come back here and make that throw. And I've seen Trey Lance do it, but Jimmy, it's typically, he pops up, he stares at where he wants to throw and he throws it in there, understanding the timing and the rhythm and w- which it takes. But, and there was a play, there was a deep, there was a, a corner post yesterday by Brandon Ayuk. And he, there was a too high safety. So he stares it down, the safety, the backside safety staring at it. So he, you know, he can't throw it. So then he's looking and he just comes down to his check down, hits his check down, picks up nine yards or whatever, right? But one thing that I noticed was as soon as he looked left, the other safety stopped his feet. So it's like, why can't you, and maybe you can help me understand this, why can't you drop back, look at the check down, or look at something else, knowing you want to get Ayuk on the corner post, which he whooped that too high safety on the other side. So if there was no, if that other safety wasn't in the picture, it would be a touchdown. If you get him to stop his feet and you're able to throw it out there, it'd be a touchdown. But I, I just don't, I don't see him do those things. Is that just maybe how his mind works, or just maybe doesn't have that aggressive nature? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that when you look at the way that the offense is set up, again, we don't see a ton of deep routes. The one thing that you see from Jimmy is throwing on time, right? So he doesn't necessarily have to manipulate the way that the plays are set up and the ways that the the play calls are. He's a lot of play action. He works, probably throws more off play action than most people in the NFL, right? So he does a lot of play action stuff. um, And then by the time he pops his head around, he takes one hitch and boom, the ball's out of his hand. So I think it's the way that Shanahan has set up the offense, not necessarily so much in a pure progression state where he's going from full field scans to maybe half field scans um, from, you know, from the, from the inside of the field to, to the hash or whatever it may be. And it might be like, you know, an under or drive concept with an under route and a dig behind it or, you know, double slants or things like that. So a lot of the timing stuff, for their offense is, you know, a lot of the route concepts are timing and on-time throws, not so much pure progression, move the, the safety or whoever it may be with your eyes and then come back to the other side of the field. Um, one, those are 
those obviously take longer. But two, it just depends like on the corner post you're talking about. It depends on the backside safety, right? So if, they, if, he, if he busts the front side safety, he's toasted, and you get the backside safety, it depends on the route concept. If there's nobody to hold the backside safety, then he's basically playing center field anyways. So maybe Jimmy saw that and then goes down to um, goes down to the, the check down. But if you have somebody that's pushing like a corner route and then you got a post behind it, now you take that, that backside safety. The frontside safety gets whooped and he's wide open. But again, right. you don't really see him actually force the ball down the field. Those are those throws where I'm going to show you what I'm what I'm talking about beat. too from from Trey. But like I, I saw this from Trey, and I'm like, damn, I don't ever see like Jimmy do this type of stuff. So like on this play here, you see Trey like he's looking left, knowing he wants to come back right. Like, hold on, let me pause it. Mm -hmm. Yep. So his feet are set and, to the left. And, he's just eyeing, basically getting that backer to move out of the way, right? Yeah, so the backer, I'm, so I'm, backer I'm getting looks the, the backer. number one there. Look, right here, he's looking at the backer. The backer says, okay, let me look this way. And he's holding him. Knowing the whole time, I want to go here. Like, and I know I want to go here, but right. I just need to move this backer out of this window. So he's looking, and then now, gotcha. And he just, boom, fires it in there, right? So, yep. like, I just look at that, and I'm like, man, like, if – if, if the rookie, like, why don't I see Jimmy doing those type of things, you know? I think, I, I, I honestly, I'm going to pay attention to it a little bit more. But I, I see him look off. Um, but I don't, I, I think you're right. Like, a lot of the throws we see are on-time throws. That's an on-time throw, which is it's great. You saw in, like, a basic route or a dig route um, right there. The linebacker's looking inside, probably to number one. Number one gets wide, and he's getting his eyes back to the quarterback. Um, and, and Trey does a great job of holding him. Pops back one hitch, balls on the money, moving the chains, or obviously a touchdown, whatever it may be. So um, I think you do see it. I just don't think that – and that's one thing that, that Jimmy has, I think, struggled with a little bit is the, the ability to move defenders where he will stay and key on guys, and then he'll throw in that tight window – which right there, that would be a tight window for more, most people in the NFL. That was a pretty big window, right? Because everything seems to be a lot tighter, obviously, in the NFL. Where Jimmy would might maybe stare down the defender, not necessarily shift his body, but hold him. But he's looking him straight up in the in the field, so he's not necessarily moving him to the left there. Right. Um, and he would end up throwing that ball in a tighter window. Now he does a good job at it, but like I said earlier, it becomes risky. And it gets a little bit fuzzy across the middle, and he does it with confidence. But some of those throws he makes, you're like, oh shit! Like he kind of got away with one there. And I think he could definitely help himself out by using his eyes or setting his body like Trey did. So Trey sets his body left instead of just looking left. Trey sets his body left. So you, you look at linebackers that are obviously looking through into the backfield. You see a guy that's looking left with his body and not just eyes. Yeah, you're going to be influenced likely to to move out of the way. So I think that Jimmy could do a better job of actually moving his body position and then shifting that quick flip back to the right side, like you just saw right there from Trey Lance. So, um, yeah. and and that's again, not to say I know some all... people are talking about reads and stuff. Like Jimmy Garoppolo goes through reads well. I think he understands his reads and mm -hmm. things like that. Like when he drops back and he looks at the coverage and okay, they take away this, then I need to go to this. I think he does that well. What I'm talking about is it's a little different. It's just manipulating coverage. I know as a defensive back, yeah. if a guy pumps, uh, gets up 
and he looks at me, I'm thinking, well, he's probably coming to this side or, or, okay, maybe something is coming from this side. Let me look over there. And it just holds me for a second. So when you see a guy like Trey, makes it a rookie, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, this is the rookie that everybody is saying like, oh, well, you know, he's not, and I'm not saying he's ready to just take on a full game plan, but those are the things that give me like the optimism that he's going to be, you know, a solid quarterback. But it's, I think it's just seeing him do it in a preseason game. And I thought that was a high level play. And he did it again uh, to throw down the right sideline where um, to, uh, to my guy, uh, Trent Sherfield, where he did the same thing. Right. Looked at the safety, held the safety, and then threw a nice touch ball uh, to Trent Sherfield. And everybody's like, oh, it's wide open. Well, yeah, it's wide open because he held the safety off. I'm like, man, I just don't see Jimmy do those things. And I, I would like to I would like to see it. But I guess by the time Jimmy gets it, it's probably not going to matter because he's going to be gone. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. As I see here, it says Greg is high key a Jimmy fan uh, in the comments. So let me ask you this. Are you a, are you a, somebody that wants to see Jimmy not do well? Like, I'm not in love with Jimmy Garoppolo, but at the same time, it's hard not to like somebody that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Right. In all reality. I'm to find right? I, I mean, you tell me, like, why wouldn't you at this point? If you're, a, if you're a true fan or a true Niner fan, why wouldn't you really like Jimmy Garoppolo with what he's doing right now? Do you want to just see him fail just so you could rush the rookie into the game? And then you rush the rookie in, and then maybe he's not ready, and you start to see errors, and what are you going to do? Go throw Jimmy back into the game? And then you take yourself out of contention and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, they're they're in a good spot right now because look at look at what's going on in the NFC West. You know, you go beat beat the Rams, you go beat the Jags, and they beat them up pretty good, obviously. And the Jags Jags are the Jags, but that defense is pretty stiff with the Jags. Um, you know, turnovers and, and penalties killed them yesterday. So we'll see over the next couple of weeks. Do I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be here next year? No. Um, am I a fan? Of Jimmy, yeah, I think I'm a fan of Jimmy. I think it's hard not to be a fan of Jimmy because of what he does. Um, and people, I also saw in the comments, and, and it's a good reminder, people seem to forget how shitty the Niners were before Jimmy Garoppolo showed up. Yeah. Right? They didn't I got have a question for you season. right here. Jimmy Garoppolo shows up, 6-0. and So here's a question from our guy, Trey. He says, Greg, do you think Kyle can mask Trey's faults the way he does for Jimmy? I'm not saying Jimmy should be benched right now. For the record, too. So he's just saying, do you think that the way that Kyle plays, this is what he's saying. He said use fault, but the way that Kyle is able to play two Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths and it result in wins, do you think that he can do that for Trey Lance? I, I want to start off by answering this a little bit, then I'll get your I think you can, you know, mask someone's deficiencies or whatnot, um, or play to their strengths. I think there's still a base level of quarterbacking that you need to have to be able to right. have a certain level of success that you want. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think that he can. I mean, obviously Shanahan has done well with, he went to the playoffs with RG3, yeah, Kirk Cousins, um, yeah, Matt Ryan, you know, he's obviously with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think that he would find ways to do it and I think the Arizona game was like a trial, which that was a trash can of a trial for, um, you know, what he tried to do with Trey Lance. Um, I think he would. I, I think that what you're going to get, though, is 
he'll be able to, and I know this is what we've talked about as well, is when you get Trey Lance in there, he will be able to open up the playbook a little bit more, um, hopefully, right, given the fact that Trey can actually push the ball down the field. So when you talk about a little bit of uh, diversity within the offense, like you're probably going to start to see some more of the deep balls that you saw in Atlanta with, um, with Matt Ryan. Now, we don't have a Julio Jones, but we got some pretty good dudes, and I think that once Trey Lance comes along, um, and is able to throw the ball down the field. I'm hoping that they would go get a big time um, outside receiver, a big, bigger physical type of receiver outside because we can push the ball downfield. But realistically in the offense right now, um, where do you see a big time receiver fitting anyways, just because we don't push the ball down the field as much. And a lot of it is quick game West Coast offense, um, just like Tom Brady had. You know, Tom Brady didn't have a big physical receiver until they got Randy Moss for you know the year or two, whatever he was there. And that's when they start pushing the ball down the field. So I think he could. I think he would mask some of the deficiencies that, that Trey has. And there's going to be plenty of them. You know, it's there's going to be growing pains that you're going to get. And like I said, it's high risk, high reward. You're going to start pushing the ball down the field a little bit more. You're going to start utilizing his arm talent. There's going to be some, some errors. DBs are going to win. Defense is going to win at some point, too. It's not just, you know, killing the killing the defense over and over and over again. Guys are going to take advantage of him being younger. They're going to disguise coverages. Um, that's all of the things that you're going to see with Trey Lance. That Jimmy has been in the NFL long enough, um, and Kyle has figured out what Jimmy's game is, and that's why you see 16 for 22 or 17 for 23 or 20 for 28, whatever it may be, um, and there's not a ton of sexy throws downfield because that's not Jimmy's game, but I think that he would be able to open up the playbook more and start having those deeper concepts that are going to uh, take a little bit longer to develop. Um, I think obviously you're going to see a lot more from the run game um, with the quarterback position. I think that play action stuff under center, especially with Trey Lance's ability to take off and run, um, given the fact that, you know, if he's, if he's doing the same stuff that Jimmy's doing, holding play actions or carrying out fakes, you're going to take more defenders with you. So I think when Trey's, time comes it's going to be fun to watch but um you know i i don't think that i think if you threw him in right now i don't think he would do bad but i i would put it more on shanahan to actually put him in a good position currently right now to have success and that's the issue is i don't think that even shanahan is ready for necessarily what trey lance brings in my opinion given what he showed with the cardinals game which was completely different than anything we've seen from the Niners offense. So, or anything that the Shanahan has run. So I think that, I think that you're going to be able to see a, a ton of balls pushed down the field, a ton of deeper throws, comebacks, things like that, that you don't see from Jimmy. Um, but through that, you're going to see some mistakes. You're going to see some balls that are thrown up in the air that you're, you're probably going to question here and there. Uh, and that's all right. It's football at the end of the day. So um yeah, I think he could. I think that Shanahan will figure out a way. And I'll always say this, too. We we get so caught up on every little either positive or negative thing from our own team. Go watch some other right. quarterbacks and watch, you know, some of the things that happen within their games, some of their misses, or, you know, some of their big plays that they have. And I think, you know, we'll see it's not always great. You know, people made a big deal out of, Trey Lance and the batted down balls, but you know, you watch last night, Justin Herbert threw a ball, hit somebody in the helmet, <laughs> ball pops up, getting intercepted, right. and you know, it almost resulted in a loss for 
the LA Chargers. So, you know, we 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 can look at every negative with our team, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Trey Lance, but go go check out some, how some of these other dudes. I say with our DBs too. Everybody, oh, our DBs are trash. Go watch some of these other DBs <laughs> and some of the coverages that they're right. blowing and how they're playing on a consistent basis. And it's not it's not pretty, I think, the way people think. And and here's the thing, you know, the stat came out last year, and, and well, there's two things. You watched Trevor Lawrence yesterday. He didn't look terrible. He's playing against a, the Niners defense. He didn't throw any picks yesterday. But there's a few times where it gets a little fuzzy in the pocket and in times where you might see Jimmy stay in there and make a throw and take contact on. You watch Trevor's feet, and he was – like the balls that he was throwing were – were still like he, he would throw a throwaways, but they almost weren't throwaways. They were they were kind of like outside to try and still hit the receiver, and those are those are the type of risky throws you're going to get from a young guy, um, where it should be a throwaway and they still try and force something in there. And and Trevor did that yesterday, but also, you know, we talked about it or I talked about it earlier with with Josh. And you look at Mahomes, okay? So Pat Mahomes, obviously, everybody knows his game and what he can do and the ability to throw the ball down the field and make these sexy sidearm throws and off-platform stuff and no-look things or whatever it may be. And it's all good, right? Everybody can agree that they would take Patrick Mahomes right now on the, on the Niners. I'm almost positive everybody would say that, right? But at the same time, they showed a stat last year um, with Mahomes and the luck that was associated with him. I think that Mahomes – I got to go back and try and find the exact numbers – but I remember it came out just after the Falcons game last year. Mahomes threw like a, a seam route or a post route, and it was game. It would have been game over. DB jumps up right out of the DB's hands, drops it. Okay, the DB catches the ball. They get the ball on the 20, take the knee, game over. Chiefs lose to the Falcons, right? No, DB drops it wide open in his hands, drops it. The next play, Mahomes throws a touchdown, okay? I, after that game, they came out with a stat because Mahomes had like 10 picks or nine picks or something like that. They came out with a stat and Mahomes led the league at the time in dropped interceptions. Yeah. So you want to talk about the luck factor behind that. If Patrick Mahomes threw 35 touchdowns and 22 interceptions or 20 interceptions, whatever it was, because I think he had like four, 13 dropped interceptions or 12 dropped interceptions at that point with nine interceptions already. Okay. So if, if if he finished the year at 35 touchdowns, 21 picks, what do you think people would say about him? These mediocre numbers, right? There's too many interceptions. He's James Winston. That's what you get. Right. That's what you get with a guy like that. Is he good? Yes. But high risk, high reward. They make throws with their arm that others can't make. And in doing so, they're going to force some things and you're going to see some errors occur. With Jimmy, he can't make those damn throws. So you're really not going to see a ton of those errors anyways. That's my point is efficiency from that. He doesn't even try to make those throws because he knows he can't make them anyways. But on the flip side, it's not sexy. And it he doesn't push the ball downfield. And all of us, I think, are hungry to see what what could that offense be at the next level like Trey could take us to the next level because he can push that ball down the field like Jimmy can't. But again, you're going to see some of those mistakes happen. So Patrick Mahomes, great. He does a lot of good things, but he gets a lot of luck too. He has a lot of luck in the things that he does 
Um, like I said, led the league, I think, last year and dropped interceptions. So a lot of people would say he'd be mediocre if he came out, like you said, Jameis Winston. Those are Jameis Winston numbers. You throw 20, 20 something interceptions to, you know, 30 or 40 touchdowns. Um, so I think people would look at him different if he didn't have that, that luck factor. But with, uh, with, with a guy like him, a guy like Trey Lance, guys like Josh, guys with big arms, Favre, right? They put the ball in places that is, you, you just, you sit and stop and look at your friends or whoever you're watching. Like, did he, did he really just make that damn throw for the good and the bad, right? Like you, right. you make these crazy 50 yard cross field throws. You're like, holy smokes. And then he makes another one when the DB undercuts it. And you're like, what the hell is he doing? You know, so you're going to get, you're going to get a little bit of, of both. Um, but I think that Shanahan with Shanahan's playbook, it's going to look good because he will set up Trey, I think, and I hope that he will set up Trey like he does with Jimmy to play towards Trey's game, that he won't force him to make first year starting. He won't force him to make those true pure progression reads where he'll have set up routes underneath um, because he's, he's done really well as an offensive coach. He's, he's pretty smart, obviously, with set up, um, with calling things just like last year or the, two years ago in the Super Bowl uh, or the, the playoff game where he's looking at the ref on the sideline. He's going to hold him right here. Like he knows what's going to happen, right? He knows right. He's, his scripted plays. He knows what's going to happen. It's whether they execute it on offense or not um, typically. So that's my perspective on, uh, on that. All right, man. Shoes, you've been gracious with your time, man. I'm going I'm to get you out of here now, Greg. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yep. No, you got it, man. I appreciate you they're, guys. They're going crazy in the chat um, right now, man. They, there's a lot going on there. But what are they saying right now? Uh, they're, they're talking about, like, Colin Kaepernick. The Niners Mike? No. <laughs> no, they're talking about Kaepernick uh, and some other stuff. Oh, I'll let, I'll let that stay to the chat. They yeah. They have at it, then. Yeah. All right, man. But I, I appreciate there's no you winning in the chat. There. You know that. There's there's no winning in the right, chat, though. folks. No winning. There's no winning, but have at it. No winning. Uh, all right, man. All right, appreciate, appreciate you coming you on. We're gonna go to break when I get back. Oh, wait, hey, this you show, coming but, to the game this yeah. week? You coming to the I game might. this week? I might. I got a ticket for me, so Stevie ain't gonna let you come to the game. She said I could. That's why I told you on Twitter. You, I told you on Twitter. You go to the game, I'll figure it out. It's my birthday weekend. I'll, I got a ticket to the game. We'll go do the damn podcast with the faithful in the parking lot at the game. Someone messaged me and said they, they got two two free tickets for me. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened with my guy, Greg. Oh, he can't. He just messaged me. He said someone called him. All right, but Greg, I'm going to get with you. Um, I'll talk to you, talk about uh, potentially going out there. Got to get my flight stuff set up. I appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now, everybody that's contributed to the show. Uh, as you guys know, I actually have uh, the podcast form of this show. I try to keep it loose. It's not as formal. Uh, it's more of a radio show. Get off my thoughts. Get off your thoughts. You know, we get into all that stuff. If you want to listen to a more structured show, listen to Locked On 49ers with myself and my co-host, Brian Peacock. All right, we come at you five days a week. We did a reaction of the Jaguars game as well. Uh, make sure you guys listen to Locked On NFL Draft. Manscaped! an official partner of the San Francisco 49ers morning show. Manscaped, get your stuff right now. Stop walking around looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if you're a lady, go ahead, get it for your husband, your boyfriend. You know, they got the, they got the, uh, they got all the good stuff, man. 
Oh no, crop crop preserver. <laughs> we got some reviver, ball deodorant, or ball toner, all that good stuff. So, uh, Manscaped, I need I need to sell ten of these so I can keep them as an official uh, member of this show. All right, so I need to sell ten. I'm at like four or five or whatever. All right, five more. So you guys, right now, head over to manscaped.com or whatever the website is. Uh, Manscaped, head over there now. And uh, yeah, man, appreciate everybody that's tuned in. Promo code Crocky for Manscaped. Promo code Crocky. Underdog Fantasy. I got to get my Manscaped ad reads down. I'll have that down for tomorrow's show. But uh, I love y'all. Appreciate y'all. And I will see y'all tomorrow morning. And again, it'll be same time, 9 a.m. Um, I have a private session from at 8 o'clock. It's, it's the, you know, it's the little Thanksgiving break right now. So uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow. I'll see y'all. Peace. <laughs> It is picked off by Eric Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Cross Talk TV Podcast. Podcast. Peace.